Welcome to Vinylize. I'm Mark Sykes. And I'm Paul McCormick. Each week, one of us picks an album, we listen to it a lot, and then we talk about it. And hopefully that conversation is entertaining and informative, and it inspires you to go out and listen to the album. At the end, we got to pick one song to add to our epic playlist, which you can find on Spotify under Vinylize. Let's get started on this week. Oh, well, what do you know? It's my week. I got to pick. So it looks like Paul's not going to get to talk for a little bit. So I picked Counting Crows, August and Everything After, and I sent it to you. And uh, what did you think? What did I think? I was like, finally. What did he think about it? He's back, baby. My best friend. He knows what I like. <laughs> Sends me the one of the greatest albums, man. This is awesome. Uh, I think it was released in 93. And it is poetic. It is great from front to back. I mean, this is one of these albums when you put it in your CD player, if you got a 2002 Camry like I do, or if you put it on the vinyl or however you're listening to this, you listen to it yeah. from start to finish. It's got great flow uh, from track one to whatever. Um, what I draw from this, so it's a lot of, like I said, poetic. It's, it's, it makes you think about the lyrics. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of great songs on it, but they all have a lot of meaning. Yeah, there's like almost too much lyric to unpack for one episode of Vinylize. Like we're like, and now we're moving into part two of Vinylize, August <laughs> and everything after. We just covered August, but in the next episode, we're going to cover everything after August, which I think is a beautiful idea for um, an album title. You know, you it, it like sets a time and a place. It's like, this is what was happening in August but it's literally going to lead to everything after. And for the band, you know, it's their debut album. They bring out this like monster album. And then everything that changes after that for the band is great to think about. You know, he always wanted to be famous maybe. Mm. And then he got it. And was it what he wanted? Because the next album is called Recovering the Satellites, which is about like fixing the broken pieces of a star, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, he writes Long December where it's about a guy who's in like a home, you know, and you just wonder like um, when the stars come down, was it really what they wanted, right? So, but you get this album that does that to them. So, you know, what does it do to the listener? What does it do to the artist? And I think it actually really affects the artist, but it definitely affects the listener in my case, at least. There's what about lyrics. yourself? Well, you just touched on it in, in Mr. Jones. There's definitely reference to wanting to be a big, big star. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and for and for the vinylized fans out there who maybe don't know this album, that was the first single, right, Paul? Is that true? I think so. I think it was the first single there is, off the album. Yeah. I think it was the first single, and I think there's about four songs on here that were major, major hits. Okay. Right, right. And, th and that, that's a huge song. So where were you, if you remember... I don't know. When did you hear about the Counting Crows? I can't, honestly, I can't put my finger on it, man. I don't know. Um, there's not a time that I can think of, oh, well, I was making out with this girl under this bridge and, and it was to Mr. Jones. I don't know, man. I just right. remember Mr. Jones was huge. Um, and in fact, I think you had a big influence on the Counting Crows because I totally influenced them. They were like, they were writing terrible songs. No, you and then I like talked to, to them and they were to like, Sykes. No, dude. You're right. 
we should write perfect blue buildings. Maybe I no. misspoke, but <laughs> you were a big influence on me for music. Yes, and I yes. think like Rain King was a big song for sure. Oh, um, you know, you start listening to that and that kind of segues into Omaha and, and all the yeah. other songs. So I, I can't remember, but also back then you bought an album because you had to buy the song. Yeah, you right. Did. You did. Right. It wasn't like nowadays where you just buy the one song for a dollar. You had to you, you like Mr. Jones? Well you're buying the album for thirteen ninety-nine. Yeah, for and sure. And that kind of introduced you to everything. And 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 some days at the music store you came home and you were like, This is a great purchase. And other times you were like, Oh, I got one song. Dude, right. I got ripped off. They got, got me. Ripped. You they got me, me good, guys. You have to come up with a service where I can just buy one song. <laughs> That'll right. never happen. The future of music. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's amazing. So I was at, um, I was actually on a date. Um, and I was at a mall where there was like this golf course in the middle. Okay. Uh, and anyway, this mall's, you know, pretty famous for where we're from it no longer has a golf course in the middle um and you know i'm on this date i'm playing terrible mini golf and i look up and on this like big screen it actually wasn't a really big screen it was actually like 20 it was like five by five tube tvs put together to make a screen right um and i look up and there's this dude in this like apartment rocking out with these dreads you know to this song called mr jones and i'm like this is super catchy. Like, what is this? And like, I left the golf date, probably not eagling anything. And, uh, we went to sunrise records, which I don't even think exists anymore. And I literally just was like, I just saw this, uh, this guy with dreads, like, you know, um, he's, uh, singing about this dude, Mr. Jones. And like, Oh yeah, it's over on the rack. It came out like two weeks ago. And then I like literally just bought the album. Like, and so like, I remember the album more than the date. I remember this song so much and it kind of goes back to, so I'm going to want to circle back for a quick second to when you're talking about, um, he's the lead singer. Maybe he's the leader of the band, if you will, Adam Duritz yeah. and him wanting to be famous. And, and the, the first album was such a smash hit. When the second one came out, you referenced recovering the satellites and it gets back to Mr. Jones because he's telling his story, in my opinion, of how he wants to be big and famous and how great that would be. Um, and I'll, can I give you a few lines right from Mr. Jones? Please, please do. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, it's like Mr. Jones and me tell each other fairy tales. We stare at the beautiful women. She's looking at you. Oh, no, she's looking at me, smiling in the bright lights like those stage lights coming yeah. through in stereo. And when everybody loves you, you can never be lonely. It's very true. And then you find out when you become famous that maybe you are more lonely uh, than you thought you would be, right? You know, um, because, you know, you can't be around all your fans all the time. You can't do that regular thing where you just like go to the grocery store you know, without someone asking for your autograph. So, yeah. And it's funny, like, he's so smart that he even writes that his favorite color is gray in that song. You're so right. So while I the think silver lining is that you get to become famous, but he almost kind of could see that, you know, in that, you know, your favorite color is not going to be a rainbow color. It's going to be gray. It's, there's always going to be this gray area with that. I think he knew because you know? in, the, in the second chorus, he's referencing a gray guitar. 
And when everybody loves me, I will never be lonely. I will never be lonely. Said, and, and he, I'm never going to be lonely. Yeah, and he talks about Picasso, who is someone who like pretty much sacrificed their sanity for their art, right? Or maybe something else for those art history majors out there. But you know... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, why does he pick Picasso? Like, there's everything in this album that you said is poetic and there's a meaning for everything, right? So, you know, um, and it's a story. Every song is a story. You know, I he love picks it. a person and a story and a place and you can see it. And actually, he's been, um, it's mentioned that he loves to throw out city names or like uh, state names. So like, you know, when he goes plays yeah. any, any plays, you know, whether it's the Big Apple Sea, mm -hmm. you know, New York City or like Sullivan Street, um, Omaha, Baltimore, yeah, <laughs> Baltimore, you know, he's singing those songs in those places and those people are like, Hey, he's talking about me. So he's bringing like the universal message in these songs. You know, right? He's from California, I think, right? I, th I don't I know. Think, I don't I, know. I actually. think he's from around like Berkeley, California. But he brings the like America to you by mentioning all these things, and he keeps doing it in like multiple albums. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat. Like he does that, you know. And then uh, when he goes plays live shows, of course everybody's into it, right? They're like, "He's this is us," you know. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty awesome. You, um, sorry, yeah. just before we move on from this, and you're talking about playing different versions of the song, you've shown me a different version of mr jones that he's done live yeah so um if you like the august and everything after album of to all our vinylized listeners out there they actually produced a live album that i think came out after the the second album came out or it was being recorded while they were trying to figure out the layouts for the song so i don't know the timing of the recording but it's a double disc album and there's a really great recording of um, Mr. Jones where it starts off like in a different pace. And it's like, so you want to be a rock and roll star? Well, listen now to what I say. Grab an electric guitar and learn some chords and, you know, figure out how to play. And then he like busts into the song and it's really cool. So <laughs> I may have not like said every lyric exactly how he says it. But the beauty of watching Counting Crows live, and I've seen them live, is that he'll play a song different mm. from the way he did it on an album, or he'll bust into some like new lyric and he'll like hold on some like new lyric or or add a new story to a song. And it's a way to make art that is trapped inside of a record new mm. again. And I, I really appreciate artists that do that. Like, you know, Dave Matthews band. Mm -hmm. You know, they're uh, they're big on that. Um yeah. Anyway. So does it ruin the nostalgia for you at all when a band does that? Because I know they've uh, toured so many times playing that song over and over. And hell, man, that must be just, give me something new, right? To them. They're like, okay, we're going to do it this way. But to the regular fan, do you think it, it ruins go, it? Do you think they're it's like, a hey, that's sword. not the It's intro. a double-edged sword, right? Like you can be like, oh, I really want to just hear the way you did it. Or, yeah, I'm bored of it too. I want to hear something new. Yeah. You know, so, and it depends on how you perform it, right? Like these, the people in this band are amazing musicians. So they hit home runs, you know, every night, maybe not, but for the most part, yes. And I think I misquoted Dave Matthews band. Who is, who is the band? There's two Dave Matthews, right? 
Matthew no, not Good. Matthew Good. There's Matthew Good, <laughs> and then there's who's the one who sings the song like "Crash Into Me"? Yeah, yeah Dave Matthews. Oh, it is Dave Matthews. Okay, yeah. so we've just literally gone back on something that I was right on before, <laughs> and I thought I was wrong, and then I'm right. So he's like renowned for like busting out these like really long, you know, improv versions of songs mm-hmm. that you love and you just love more afterwards. And I think that's pretty amazing. Um, so Mr. Jones, that's a single. It's a great song. It's still pretty hip today. Um, but it's almost overplayed. Would you say that? No, man. Personally, I don't think it's overplayed. Um, I think when you play that song, if you can play acoustic guitar and you can play A minor, F, D minor, and G, yep. and you follow that up with another A minor, F, G, and the chorus is C, F, G. You tell me if people are sick of that song. Because I'll okay. guarantee you, man, whether you're at a campfire or at a bar, people love it. People are not sick of that song. People eat it up. And I think there's right. for good reason. I think it's a great song and it's fun. And, and I think it, I actually think a lot of people get something out of that song. You know, it means something I, to them. I, 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 I love it. So while I was like asking if it was overplayed, like I can still listen to that song. I mm-hmm. like it. I wonder if some people got tired of that song. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's, um, it's one for the ages. I think it's a great song. So the first song on that album was Round Here, which is also a major hit. Yes. Yes. And, I and it's t- a long song for a single. Like, it's like almost six minutes long. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. It's like five and a half minutes or something. And I got to right. tell you, like, you know how we all sing in the car? We sing in the shower. Yes. Round Here is one of those songs that I like to just kind of stretch out my vocal cords and go, Round Here. <laughs> He like, goes for it, right? <laughs> oh man! There's a girl in the car in the parking lot, right? Like, yeah, it's going. He's going for it. Um, I love like after that song, like so it sets the stage for the album. It's a mm-hmm. great song, right? It's about people trying to maybe find themselves in the places that they're at or feeling lost or, you know, there's a there's a note on suicide there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you hit this like middle America song. It's like. And then you just get this really cool story, right? Um, Omaha is just like a, an amazing song. And if, you, if, you, if you're a musician out there, the chord progression in this song is super fun. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun song. And it's what you know Adam does the best. He puts chords together in ways that you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or just time signatures and you're like, but this is fun. And I think that Omaha is one of those songs. So if you're playing guitar out there and you want to bust at a song, uh, try that one. It's great. I never really understood what it meant. Omaha, somewhere in the middle of America. Um, Something about the heart that matters. It's the heart that matters more. Right. It's like almost like a harvest of love, I think. Or like, um, you know, time time forgotten i don't know i i mean this is the thing about these songs they're so deep right i mean even going back to like uh, mr jones mm-hmm. there's like this whole undertone of lyrics that are happening with the backup vocals and i can't figure out what they're saying and i'd love to know who did the backup vocals and it adds to the yeah. song when you're listening to it yeah. on a good stereo but i don't know what they're saying you know but it just adds to the song it's like in um anna begins like yeah you, they're singing and then you hear the back of vocals going like rain falls down. 
you know, and there's this whole idea of like rain cleaning something or washing something away, right? So, you know, the the person who's telling the story about Anna and then this whole like rain motif of like things, washing things clean or washing things away or a new relationship or new feelings, it's, it's great. So they're not only like hitting you with like upfront lyrics, but they're also hitting you with like background lyrics, you know? Well, the rain as that metaphor, I mean... I'm going to skip over time and time again, but the seventh song is Rain King. Yes. Another yeah. huge hit, right? Mm-hmm. Was that a sing- Was that a single? Like, what are the other two singles? I know that Round Here was a single and Mr. Jones was a single, but to say yeah. there was four singles on that album, I don't know what the other two singles were. Listen, if I'm going to bet my next paycheck, which I'm doing <laughs> right now. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks like I'm, I might not be eating next week. I'm right. gonna say it's round here, Mr. Jones, Rain King, and a Murder of One, which is the last ah. track on the album. Which is kind of funny, like that you would pick the last song on an album to make a single. If that's the case, if you're telling me the truth, I don't know if you're telling me the truth, but um, that's interesting. I always thought Raining in Baltimore was the last song on the album. Nope, I was surprised on my vinylized listen because mm-hmm. you know eventually you start to like shuffle albums right mm-hmm. so when i was like vinylizing it and going like i gotta listen to this in order i was like oh this album's still going i forgot about this other song and that's a pretty awesome song at the end a murder of one it's a crazy cool play on words isn't it because counting crows do you know what a group of yes. crows is called a murder a murder a murder of one. And so it gets my brain always thinking, I don't know what the answer is. But um, a band is, to me, one group. So mm-hmm. is this song about the band? Is it about Ooh. the Counting Crows, one group, a murder of one? Or he's feeling the pressure of writing all these songs for this band? Oh, so interesting. You know, I was like, I kind of think, like if you're, listen, if anyone's listening to this right now and they're falling in love, this is the album you need to play um, to when you're hanging out with that person. Because um, I really think it will like almost like root itself into your relationship. I think this, that's what this album can do for anyone who's in a new relationship. Um, and, and I wonder if Counting Crows is almost like counting relationships. Like, you know how you'd call like mm-hmm. a girl a bird? Ah, you got yeah. a bunch of beds over there, right? Like you're counting the crows. <laughs> Um, but I mean, who wants to be called a crow? Uh, but it's almost like the love story for like ugly birds. Could be, man. Could be. Right. I don't know. And here's, here's something cool for you. So August and everything after is actually the name of a song, but it never made it on the album. And so the front cover of this album actually is August and everything after. And it's a bunch of lyrics that are written and it's like an orangey yellow, uh, like sunset cover, yeah. But it's interesting. So they put they they name the album after a song that's not on the album, and then mm-hmm. they put the lyrics to that song on the front of the album. Is that not so awesome and mysterious that people who love this album are like, "What's this song?" And it's you're absolutely on point. Um, it was recorded on November second, twenty eighteen, and oh. I actually haven't. Have you listened to this song yet? I don't think I can tell Dude. you like on this podcast that I have, but I may have. I don't know. Is and it a good song? Tr- truthfully, I haven't yet, man. Because okay. with Vinylize, man, 
you're cramming in a little bit of research, a little bit of music history into one week on top of work and life. And it's, you know what, man, I, I just know that they've released this song called August and Everything After. The lyrics, you're right, is on the album cover art. And they did it in a concert with uh, a big orchestra and a composer. Right. This and is the point where we like we like go, Alex, stop the record, and then we like go and listen to the album and come back and like just listen to the song. It's great. No, I'm man, sorry. They, so go, let's keep going. So they well, they, they did it for their 25th anniversary, and I just think it's awesome how um, they did this, right? Yeah, it's 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 great. So so we've got round here kicking it off. Great storytelling. Omaha setting us into Middle America, just like homegrown. Like, hey, I'm just a regular person. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jones is a kicking tune about wanting to be famous. Um, perfect blue buildings, really catchy. Anna begins a broken relationship. Uh, what a great name for a song. Time and time again, Rain King, Sullivan Street, Ghost Train, Raining in Baltimore. What are you thinking of that song? Because like that's just something so different from anything on the album or in my life, anything I'd ever heard before. I can't put my finger on it, to be honest with you. Like sometimes I listen to a song and I'm like, what is this about? And other times lyrics catch me. And for this one, it was almost like a map. And right. it was like raining in Baltimore. Um, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, Mark, like what it's all about. And it's, it's talking about a circus, right? Like the circus is falling oh, yes. down on its knees. The big top is crumbling down. It's raining in Baltimore, 50 miles east where you could be no one's around. And then he's like calling out like random things, right? Like I need a raincoat. I need a phone call. Mm-hmm. You think he's, it's almost like that, like pressure of like being on the road, like that it's like slowly starting to break him down. Like the magic of the circus or the magic of being famous mm-hmm. is like getting to him. And then you have that rain motif again, where it's like, he's, he's being taken over by the elements, you know, like it's either a good thing or he's realized that this ball has started to roll and like what Mr. Jones was supposed to be is not what it's supposed to be. So he's almost being taken away by a current. He just needs a phone call and a raincoat. You know, I need a big love. I just need like someone to love me right now. I think you're exactly on point with that, man. I really do. Um, You got to, you got, if you haven't listened to this album, you got to listen to that song for sure. And I, I got to say that, um, I was confusing this song at first with the Sullivan Street lyrics. Right. Take the way home leads back to Sullivan Street. Almost yeah. like it, like you could go home Yeah. on this journey you've started, right? I think he actually references east of Baltimore. And he yes. says, take the bridge over the river. And in my head, I'm like, hey, man, like there's so many. Uh, it's so detailed. I, I wonder if I could actually figure out where he's talking about in this song. He- yeah, and 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 he, I think he talks about like I'm almost drowning in her sea, like he's being like mm-hmm. taken over by someone. She's almost everything I need. Almost, I love that he says like she's not everything I need. She's almost everything I need. So there's that ability like parachute out of that. You know, she wasn't everything I need. She was almost everything I need. Right. And you said it. if you're dating somebody, put on this album, okay? Listen to right. it. Yeah. Or, or if you've just broken up, because there's this, this dark undertone on this album. It's August and everything after. Like, maybe August is the month you fell in love, but everything after is like... Winter. When you broke up. Ooh, right? buddy, I never right? thought of that. And Anna Man. begins as soon as, like, September hits. 
So, I mean, this this album is, it, it, it's one for the age. And actually, I would say that you you could listen to their whole discography. Sure. You know, like you could like, if you created a playlist where you had all Counting Crow albums and then you just press shuffle, you would, I think you would be pleasantly surprised. I mean, there's there's some interesting songs there, but mm-hmm. most of them are just easy listening home runs. Uh, that are very interesting in terms of lyrics. I know we're getting close to the end here, but there's something I wanted to ask you. Um, You're a huge Catcher in the Rye fan. Yes. For some reason in the back of my brain, is there a connection between any lyrics with Catcher in the Rye and Counting Crows? Holden Caulfield? I I don't actually know. I wonder if... I mean, it is written in a way that it's got these universal truths, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know... Catcher in the Rye is written in a way that it's it it almost becomes like an everyman no man, um, you know he's on this lost journey of of sorts about life and death and you know getting over grief and like it seems like that's what you know uh, Counting Crows is doing here with this album too these universal um, tropes almost of like you know rain cleaning you and relationships being important and having dreams and aspirations and being in middle-class America, but mm-hmm. trying to get out of there. And is it really the golden ticket? Like, so it's, it's, it's a great album. Yeah. So oh, look, we got, oh. we got to figure out what is the epic, what is the epic <laughs> playlist song on this album before we wrap up this week? It, okay. Well, listen, man, I'm going to go first. Okay. You got to, cause I picked the album. <sighs> well, <laughs> you might think this is overplayed. You might question yourself. Are people sick of listening to this? I'm going to Mr. Jones, hands You're going down. to Mr. Jones? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the part that hasn't happened before in the show. So I'm actually going to say that I was going to say Rain King. Yeah. For anyone who's learning how to play the guitar, this is a really easy song to learn. It's full of great lyrics. Um, and it's I think it's equally an earworm of Mr. Jones. Yeah, you know. Okay. I belong in the service of the king, you know. At the end of the um, day, you, what's going on the epic playlist? You Rain know what, King or Mr. Jones? So I don't know if I can pick epic. Uh, I don't know if I can pick Mr. Jones to be honest with you, because um, I see Rain King, I see Raining in Baltimore, I see Omaha mm. as songs that I would want on the playlist more. But we do have rules on vinylized, don't we? Yeah, we're strict here on vinylized. So <laughs> we're very strict. We're very strict. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Jones is going to take the Epic Playlist song for this week. Why is that, Paul? you you got to tell our listeners why you get to pick over me. I think um, out of all the songs, it's about meaning. And I okay. draw the most meaning out of this song. Um, for me, I see that I can... I think some of us, if you've ever played an instrument, you can kind of draw that parallel between taking your hobby to the next level and wondering, Hey, can I make it big with this? Like, is this something I can actually do? Um, and you just go through the rest of the lyrics and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, for me, that was an easy draw and it's still a catchy tune. I love it. And when I see people listening to it, they're, they're loving it too. So don't get me wrong, I agree with all of those things, but to our listeners, I would also say check out Omaha, check out Rain King, and check out some Raining in Baltimore. But because I picked the album this week, 
if there is a disagreement, the person who did not pick the album gets the final say. So the final say is? Mr. Jones. All right. So check it out on the Epic Playlist. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Vinylize. We took a look at August and everything after by the Counting Crows. I want to thank Wikipedia for all the information and our technical producer, Alexander Sykes, for putting the show together this week for us. Remember, next week we're picking a new album. We're going to talk about it. We're going to inspire you to vinylize.